Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hey, everybody. It's Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks. And I'm Bucky Brooks, and this is Daniel Jones 360. To the end zone. Back corner. Jones keeps it. Goes over the middle. Open man into the end zone. A phenomenal job. All right, Buck, for those that are just checking out the 360 series, maybe they've missed uh, some of the other ones we've already popped out there. Shame on you, first of all. Uh, but for those that aren't familiar with the 360 series, tell them uh, what the 360 series is all about and what we have coming up here with Daniel Jones. Today you're going to hear from his parents, his sister, who also was a college athlete, his high school and college coaches, and, of course, from the Blue Devils quarterback, Daniel Jones. I got to love these 360s. Get a chance to do a little bit of a deeper dive on an individual player. And, Look, getting a chance to talk with Daniel is great, but it's it's what we get from the people around him that know him best when you're talking about uh, family members, coaches, guys that know what makes him tick. This is what you would do on the scouting side. That goes back to our time as NFL scouts, digging a little bit deeper, not just watching the tape, trying to learn about the person, not just the player. Yeah, the background information is certainly important. We, we can always figure out what a guy does on tape, but really it's trying to figure out if he's wired the right way. Does he have the intangibles that you look for? And so these 360s are fascinating, especially when you're talking about a Duke quarterback that has overcome the things that Daniel has overcome. Yeah, and we look at him as a player, um, you know, things to like about Daniel Jones. Let's start, first of all, uh, with the size, the athletic ability, the intelligence, uh, the character, all those things are exceptional. Exactly what you want from the position. Now, does he have a huge power arm? No. Oh, I do think he possesses enough arm to make all the throws. Getting a chance to, to go down there to his pro day, uh, man, it was an, an exceptional day for him. He, he uh, really spun the ball well, showed that he could make some of those far hash throws. Um, maybe not a completely flat ball, but he showed he can drive the ball uh, when it's needed. So uh, to me, I think he's he's got all the tools that you need. I think a little bit of a challenge in the evaluation is what he played with. Yeah, he'd love to coach there in David Cutcliffe. 
But, Buck, he has not played with a draftable player. The last uh, guys we drafted there, Lake and Tomlinson, uh, as well as you go to uh, the slot receiver who's now up there with the New York Jets, Jameson Crowder, th- that was 2015, I believe. So 16, 17, 18, his three seasons as a starter at Duke. Haven't had a draftable player. So he's uh, been fighting a little bit of an uphill battle there. He has been fighting an uphill battle, but I give him credit. Uh, some of the things that we like to see from quarterbacks, how do they handle adversity? How do they handle situations where they don't have everything lined up for them? With Daniel Jones, we see that. We see that play out on tape. You talked about him being smart tough i think he's efficient a solid underrated dual threat quarterback a guy that can do a lot of different things in a variety of different offenses and so we can talk about his arm talent being maybe at a b plus level but there are plenty of quarterbacks that have succeeded in the national football league they didn't have the biggest arm i think the big thing for daniel jones is finding a system that really plays to his strengths as really a a complete playmaker from the pocket Uh, when i look at him he reminds me a little bit of a mix of two players Alex Smith and Ryan Tannehill. In Alex Smith, I see the efficiency. Mm -hmm. I see the playmaking ability. I see his ability to consistently connect the dots in a system where he's surrounded by playmakers. In Ryan Tannehill, I see a little bit of the athleticism, a little bit of, I would say, some of the rawness that Ryan Tannehill entered the league in. And when he's played his best, Tannehill has been a winning quarterback. And so somewhere in between Smith and Tannehill, I believe, is where Jones lies. But I think that's certainly good enough to be a starting quarterback that wins a number of games in the league. I actually use those names. I had Tannehill to me as is kind of the floor. That's what you're hoping he's going to be. The worst case scenario is you get somebody that can be a productive starter in the right system. Uh, both very good athletes. Tannehill, the former college wide receiver. Uh, Daniel Jones, look at all his, his testing numbers running in the high four six. Is very athletic, great basketball player, as you're going to hear about a little bit later on uh, in this episode. Uh, but the other thing, look, if you're shooting for the moon, like what could he be if everything clicks, everything goes perfect? Uh, to me, Matt Ryan. Here's the snap to Ryan. Matt looks left, throws. Jones, the catch. Touchdown, Atlanta. Uh, he's a little more athletic nice. than Matt Ryan, but I think size, arm strength, um, you know, being a good decision maker, um, that to me, I, I think that's what you're hoping. If you draft Daniel Jones in the first round, man, you're hoping that this is going to turn out to be another Matt Ryan, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I think, that, I mean I think that's a nice comparison because I think we can go back and look at Matt Ryan's last year at Boston College. Uh, he didn't have the biggest arm. He had a ton of interceptions, but he was very, very efficient. And when he has played at his best in Atlanta, it's because he is efficient and they've surrounded him with what I call a Mercedes-Benz of offensive weapons around him. And so if you finally get a chance to look at Daniel Jones with high-level playmakers, man, who knows how good he could be if he really has some A-plus weapons on the outside. So I think the Matt Ryan comparison is that he's more athletic than Matt Ryan, but in terms of the way that he plays, I can certainly envision him growing into a Matt Ryan-type player in the right offense. We're talking about him a little bit as a player. Uh, Let's learn about him as a person, and who better to talk to than his parents? Well, Buck, as our own kids get older, um, I can't imagine being in the position that our next guests uh, have been in to watch your son go through the college football process and be right here on the doorstep of becoming an NFL player. And uh, Steve, I want to start with you on this one. Just uh, where when when was the first time with Daniel that you realized, you know what, this might not be a high school thing or a college thing. I might have a professional football player under my roof. Yeah, that's uh, that's not an easy question because I guess I felt like uh, all along he had it on his mind. But you know, I guess the the Notre Dame game that he mentioned the other day, 
to go in that place on that day at that stage and be big enough to get the job done and enjoy it, to thoroughly enjoy it, all aspects of it, you know, before, during, and after the game. I guess I felt like that day he might have, he might be special, special enough, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It does make sense. And yeah. talking and talking to the high school coach, high school coach uh, talked about he nicknamed him Swag. And so on the outside end, Daniel looks like a very, very quiet uh, kid, doesn't say much, kind of soft-spoken. But he talked about that confidence bubbling up. So when you guys watched him growing up, how did that confidence kind of manifest itself in the way that he played and participated in things? Um, I think, Bucky, it was – just the way he always approached every sport he played. I mean, he, he always took things and the details of the sport very seriously just from the beginning, whether it was basketball, lacrosse, um, and certainly football. But it was uh, always something that meant a lot to him from how the gear was and being on time. And uh, he just took everything very seriously. The uniform had to be right, all the sweatbands, <laughs> the socks. So, you know, I didn't know that cleats had uh, a little tool that you could use to, like, adjust them and stuff. So it was just all along, it was uh, really interesting to watch him approach uh, every practice, every game that same way. Uh, Steve, I, I want to get back to you on this one. For those that don't know, I mean, me and Bucky have done our homework and we know the background of, of athletics in your family, how important it is, and just all the athletes uh, you guys have there in the Jones family. So if you can, uh, just, just let the folks at home know uh, what the athletic background is of the other children and then how, how competitive, I would imagine it was pretty competitive, whether it was ping pong or, or shooting hoops, playing horse, whatever, I'd imagine it was a very competitive household. Yeah, yeah, I, I still think one of the best investments I ever made was a 72-inch gorilla basketball goal and a lot of concrete. Uh, every, every, every night, you know, just about every night, they were all together after a certain age. Even when Ruthie was very small, there was a lot of two-on-two, and it, it was a lot of battling. And uh, I think they all benefited from that type of playing together. You know, they, they did it in soccer and anything in the yard. They were... Uh, so they, they, they picked each other on, as mom said in something earlier, and uh, and it worked. You know, they were – so Rebecca was uh, maybe a junior in high school, and we were at a, at a uh, field hockey camp or um, extravaganza in Phoenix, and she said, Dad, I'm going to play college field hockey. And I think when she, she did play – went on and played college field hockey – Everybody saw that, you know, I can do that too. And for Daniel all along, I think it was his idea to play as far as, as long and as far as he could play. But of course, Bates came along and went to Davidson to play basketball. And that's working real well. He's having, or has been a great experience with Bob McKillop and the Davidson Wildcats. It's just a special thing. And Ruthie's going to go to Duke and play soccer. Uh, she's a goalkeeper, six foot goalkeeper, which wow. she's a lot like Daniel in. In, um, in how she, her ability to focus and her ability to take, you know, the pressure in any, just about any situation. So we, we're very uh, excited about her opportunity to play uh, soccer at Duke. So that's, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, and we really, nobody, I don't think you can map it out. I don't think you can say this kid's going to do this and this one's going to do that. But what you can say is have fun and, you know, 
don't care what you play, but play something. Don't just sit here. And and that's been the attitude. And, and mom's a pretty good uh, a pretty good manager when it comes to that type of uh, activity. So. Well, if I can take credit for anything, I'll say the one thing I said when they were little is go outside. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of that sounds funny, but not many people go outside anymore. You have to tell these kids to go outside or they just right. hang inside all day long. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I kind of expected them and wanted them to be dirty by the time they, you know, by the time dinner rolled around. So it was always, please go outside and play. <laughs> that's, I, I love it. That, that's funny. Um, I want to talk about the relationship that Daniel enjoys with Coach Cutcliffe. Um, and thinking about how he was able to get to Duke being a walk-on and then seeing him go from a walk-on to being a three-year starter to a two-time captain, what has that relationship with Cutcliffe been like for you guys watching it from the outside in? Uh, I, you know, it's interesting, Bucky. He, um, Daniel's really um, sort of special this way. He, he decided that he was going to play football in college. And... I told that story to somebody else. I said, well, and I thought he was a point guard. And I said, what, what makes you say that? And he said, I watch what other players do and other quarterbacks do. And I, and I think I can make better decisions and I think I can develop this way. And, and so a few months later, after that conversation, he said, you know, Dad, Duke's real. His comment was, I remember this in, in the car when they said, you know, Duke's a real up and comer. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you know, Dave Cutcliffe has kind of turned it around. You know, this was uh, Daniel's junior year. I'm going to put the years exactly. But you can see Duke football reemerging as a, um, as a respectable, you know, a 2B, a, um, uh, a competitive situation. And, you know, he had already was a, he was a Manning fan and he was a football fan and he was watching it and listening to it and talking about it all the time. And so he realized that Dave Cutcliffe was a, a, a special opportunity if you could get there, if you could get to him. And he tried and tried and tried and to get some notes there. And it didn't really, um, it didn't really happen for, he and Cut didn't connect until very late in the game. Uh, but he got there, you know, and, 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 and this maybe if you needed this, Bucky, he, um, I think he respects Dave Cutcliffe immensely for uh, what he knows and his ability to teach it and, Zach Roper, you know, works with Cut, and and they teach. It's true. They teach football from the, you know, from the neck up, and uh, and he feels like he, it was a great environment for him because it was about learning football as much as playing football, and uh, and I think he couldn't have, you know, he couldn't have wound up in a better place. But you know, part of the story is it was his idea. You know, if he could get there, he would go to Duke and play for Dave Cutler. So you know, I give him credit for that. Becca, I want to hit you with, with this question because one of the words, just having a chance to, to go on campus for the pro day and talk with as many people around the program as I could, um, you try and find some uh, themes that emerge. And to me, the theme that emerged more than any other uh, was Daniel's toughness. And speaking of his toughness and really uh, his ability to recover and come back early from injury, we saw that during his career there. But his mom, uh, was there a moment when you're like, hey, Daniel, I know you want to play uh, this week, but why don't we go ahead and give that thing a couple more weeks to heal? Uh, what, what were those conversations like from, from a mother and her son? Yeah, that, uh, it, it's interesting you bring that up, Daniel, because that's been sort of happening from the beginning. 
uh, and you know he's he's been a small he was small really up until his junior and senior years so I never have really exhaled from um, all these sports that he's chosen to put himself in and, and really I've supported it all along I don't want to say that but um, looking at some of his ninth and tenth grade pictures uh, out on the football field, I see, you know, what mother would have allowed her child to play um, being that size. But so if I were going to uh, be that way, I would have started a long time ago because I uh, kind of knew getting into Duke that it was going to be um, a situation where he wanted to play every down. And um, so when he's been hurt through the last couple of years, uh, I've just sort of been in that role of supporting and, uh, uh, you know, being there just to, for emotional support more than anything else, knowing that he's going to play every down as soon as he possibly could. You know, in, in, that's in, a mother. That's also a mother. That's mother. Two or three things. First, she's pretty competitive. <laughs> second, <laughs> second is she likes your kids to be happy. And, yeah. and Daniel's not happy. Oh, yeah. um, and he's not happy on the sideline. Right. So, you don't want to deal with Daniel when he's on the sideline. I'm not so sure it's so. I'm not sure it's so bad after all. Go uh, ahead. No, that thing's fine. That's sufficiently healed. Go back out there, son. Go get him. Yeah. That's that funny. So, in, in thinking about like the the competitiveness and maybe even the lack of patience when it comes to playing. If you had a, a perfect scenario for Daniel where he could either go and play right away as a franchise quarterback or maybe kind of sit behind a veteran and learn, which one do you think would be more beneficial for him based on how he's wired? Uh, I'll just say first, I just asked Daniel that question. And, you know, he said he could see himself in either either situation, really. I think he sees the benefits of being able to learn behind someone, Um and gain that year of experience, but you know he's he's the first one ready to go play if that's the opportunity. So uh, it's hard to say. What would you say, Steve? I would say uh, he's smart enough to know that beggars can't be choosers, <laughs> and he just wants to play in the National Football League. And uh, he's not going to, you know, that's somebody else's decision. But it's a good question, Bucky. This is, you know, I think uh, I, I agree with Beck. He, he, you know, there are benefits. Uh, to play behind somebody, but there's, you know, a lot to be gained by going ahead and proving you can do it. He's a player, so he, I don't think that's going to bother him too much. All right, last one, and I'll let you both go. Thank you so much for being generous with your time. But have you have you taken a moment just with yourselves, maybe in just a private conversation uh, with the two of you, to to at least dream a little bit and allow yourself to go there of what happens. Uh, you're in Nashville, and you hear the name of your son called to walk across that stage. Uh, to begin his professional journey. Have you allowed yourself to, to kind of go there uh, mentally, emotionally, or what that's going to be like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think of it. Uh, and it'll certainly be a thrill, and we hope all of that for him. Um, but like I was telling the children, it's, it's sort of like Daniel has always been ready for that next step, whatever that is. And he's prepared himself, and I think he's ready emotionally and in every other way uh, to make this next step. So we're just real proud of him and excited to be a part of the whole process. It's really a thrill. I, 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 Bucky, well, I'll add, I'll add to that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said I, real quick, I just said uh, that's a good way to close. But I'll say we've always told him you know, he does all the work and we just go have fun. It'll be that way this time, I, I suppose. So. Uh, I, I lied. I said last question. What's Daniel's middle name? I was going to see where we are in terms of middle names. So 
where we marry up there? Stephen. Stephen. Okay. Well, it's a biblical yep. name, so we can go with that. I'm Daniel James. If he was Daniel oh, James, okay. I was saying that's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's all I. That's all I needed. His brother, his brother we call. His brother we call Bates. Is his first name James? Oh, there, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm so we're, we're, we're close, Bucky. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. That, that's fantastic. Right, thank you guys so much for your time. I hope you have a, a wonderful week, and look forward to seeing you down the road. Well, thanks, thanks guys. Thank really guys. appreciate it. All right, Buck, get a chance there uh, to, to talk to the parents and, and hear what they say about their son. Man, I, I always feel like those are some insightful conversations. Oh, those are definitely some insightful conversations. And uh, I love the way his mom and dad both talked about his competitiveness and how he was determined and driven to kind of find a way using football as the vehicle. And so um, when we dig deeper and we look for those guys that make it, Sometimes they make it simply because their will and their desire helps them overcome any challenges that they face along the way. Now I get a chance to talk to the parents. Right, let's get another look at it from inside the Jones family. We had a chance, uh, by the way, very athletic family, uh, as we all know, had a chance to talk with his sister as well. All right, Buck, it's, it's always enjoyable when we get a chance to talk to college coaches, high school coaches, <laughs> teammates, friends, even parents. But it, it, nothing better than a sibling. Oh, I mean, it's the best. Oh, it's the best. We've got uh, Becca Jones joining us right now to talk about her brother, uh, Daniel. And, Becca, let me just start off with a softball. Um, who's the best Who's the best athlete in the Jones family? <laughs> start with that. You guys are all so oh, athletic. Boy. I want you to. I want you to make somebody in your family really mad right now. <laughs> Tell me who the best athlete in the family is. No, I, this is a, the go-to answer has got to be, it's got to be Ruthie. Um, she is, is probably the most decorated of all of us, um, with her, with she her feel, time with the, field hockey, right? <laughs> she's soccer. Soccer. Oh, hockey. that's right. You're field yeah, hockey. She's so, soccer. Okay. I got it. Yeah. So, so she, we always joke that, that Ruthie is going to become the president of the United States. Cause she's just the best that any, anything she decides to do, <laughs> she's just automatically the best at somehow. So, um, but no, she, she's a great, a great goalie and a great athlete. Um, she's been on like the that, a national team, right? Like the under 17 national. She team? has. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she's, she's traveled to the coolest places by far. So that's phenomenal. I, I think it's, it's great. Obviously, when you have brothers and sisters that are athletic, um, how competitive was it that environment growing up when everyone is a pretty decorated athlete? What were those battles like? And what do you think Daniel may have learned from those competitive battles with his brothers and sisters? Yeah, no, it's funny. So um, we had a, a full on backyard basketball circuit. Like we're talking <laughs> like, tournament brackets like <laughs> uniforms like the full deal um and it was always me and me and Bates versus Daniel and Ruthie were the teams um and so we would have very heated two-on-two -two basketball um in the backyard but um but no I think um I think it was funny we so we would play you know best out of five games or whatever leading up to dinner um and whenever, you know, if Daniel was ever on the losing side, it was one more game, last game wins every single time. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not going to get out of here until Daniel has finished with a win. Like, we're going to, like, go eat dinner and then we're going to, like, have to come back and play another game after dinner because Daniel will not be able to handle getting off the court without a win. So, um, 
So no, we had some very heated, very heated backyard sports going on. You know, he comes across when you meet him, especially off the football field. He's such a just a nice, uh, you'll use the word reserved a little bit to describe his personality. <laughs> but then you talk to folks around Duke and they said when it's go time, he's he's ready to go. Have Can you give me an example? Like, has he been mad? Like, have you seen your brother get in a fight? <laughs> like, has he been ever anybody has anybody gotten under his skin and really been able to get that that anger that I just can't imagine exists after speaking with him? <laughs> um you know, of all people, it's it's Bates. Bates has borne the brunt of of the Daniel of the Daniel slam into the concrete. Um, oh, it's 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 happened. It's happened before. No, but he he he's typically a pretty even keel. He keeps a cool head. But I've seen him. I've seen him throw. You know, an elbow in the stomach of of some kid or, you know. See, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Becca. It's the elbows oh, to the yeah. stomach. That's the kind yeah. of stuff that I'm looking for. I love that. No, he's he's got it. He's definitely got it. You know, so in, in, in thinking about that, um, a lot of times when people on the outside look in at Daniel, they worry about the quiet demeanor. Is he soft-spoken? So when you talk about his competitiveness, how does that kind of come out or manifest itself despite the quiet demeanor that is kind of his outward appearance? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. I mean, to me, it always I've always seen it as, you know, who comes out in the end on on the winning side of things. And that, you know, nine times out of 10 is Daniel. Like I've seen him, you know it's a why basketball game for eight year olds. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to crank this three from, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take over this situation. And I think he's always kind of had that mentality. Like when it's time, it's, it's time to step up and, you know, it has to be me sometimes. And I think he does a good job of, I've always seen him, you know, he, he's a teammate, but he understands, you know, when I'm, when I'm the best player in, in a given situation, it's time to, it's time to step up and, and make plays. And I think, um, I've always seen him do that, whether it was, you know, lacrosse, you know, football, basketball, anything he, he decided to play. That's phenomenal. Last question, then I'm going to let you go. We appreciate your time here today, Becca. But, um, you know, Bucky being a North Carolina guy, Daniel being a Duke guy, you're from Davidson. I went to Appalachian State. I feel like we have the whole state covered here. Uh, so, But I need an honest answer from you. Um, the hmm. best athletic program in the state of North Carolina is who? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Bucky said that's easy, yeah, this, by the this way. This would be easy. Come on. Come on. Come on. I Becky. mean, it's it's got to be Davidson basketball. <laughs> oh, that's oh what I'm God. talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Coach McKellar. Those are my cats. That's it. Those are my cats. That's it. That's right. I can't st can't stray from the cats. Staying loyal. I See, that's what I like about this Jones family. Everybody's very loyal. Uh, nicely done, Becca. Hey, are you going to be able to uh, to go to the draft? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on it. We're excited. Wow, that's going to be fun. We look forward to uh, to seeing you out there in Nashville. It's going to be a fun a fun celebration of a lot of hard work uh, paying off there for your brother. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and we'll see you out there in Nashville. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Uh, Buck, I love her personality. I, I just I hope she doesn't go into TV. Stay stay in the business side of things because there's only so many of these jobs to go around for us here. Uh, I love her personality. That was a fun talk. Yeah, fun conversation. And she shares some light on, uh, I guess, Daniel's stick to in terms of his 
willingness. <laughs> he will not let it go. If he's taking an L, he is determined that he's going to win at the end of the day. And I think that speaks volumes about how he's wired. And it's one of the reasons why you can see teams falling in love with him as a potential franchise quarterback. Yeah, she spoke about some of those epic battles there uh, on the basketball court there at the Jones household. Uh, I'd like to be a fly on the wall and, uh, and see some of those take place. I know any of us with siblings uh, play sports. We all have those stories. Uh, fun to hear those there from the Jones family. All right, let's go back to the uh, to the high school days here for Daniel Jones there at uh, at Charlotte Latin School in North Carolina. Uh, thankfully, you and uh, Rhett had a chance to catch up with the head man there, Larry McNulty. All right, Coach, uh, great to have you here with us. Look, I, you know, I'm looking at your resume here. 11 state championships in, uh, if my math is correct, 32 years. You're basically winning a state yeah. title once every three years. Yeah, it was actually 12, but that's okay. Okay, 12. <laughs> 12. Who's counting? <laughs> my goodness. Uh, congratulations on a terrific career. I know you uh, retired as Thanks. the head coach at uh, Charlotte Latin after the 2017 season, uh, which means you had a chance to uh, – to get Daniel Jones for his entire high school career. And, uh, I, you know, B Bucky and I were just looking here and we saw that you used to call him swag. Is that right? Yeah, I still call him swag. I called him swag at his pro day on Tuesday and he snapped around. He knew exactly who was swag. <laughs> I called him swag since he was in about ninth grade. And why is that? Why did that come to be? Well, he, he just had this, you know, he's not a boisterous, he's not an outgoing, uh, you rah, rah, yell and scream, Johnny Manziel kind of quarterback. He, he, he leads with a, a, a unique, quiet confidence. And he just had this air about him. And all the coaches and all the kids were like, coach, there's something special about young Daniel. And I'll get back to what he looked like when he first got going. But I said, you know, he's, he's got swag. And everybody went, yeah, you know, that's what it is. He's got swag. And pretty soon, everybody on campus was calling him swag. <laughs> That's so that's it. That's great. He swag. That's funny, coach. Um, you know, I, I think you speak about something that I guess scouts are always curious about because he is so understated in his demeanor. Um, you wonder, can he be a guy that commands the room? How is he as a leader for you and your team? Well, let me I'll even back up a little bit from that question and tell you that uh, I don't think there's a person at our school, including football players, teachers, administrators, the coaching staff that doesn't hold Daniel Jones at the highest level of, of respect. And the kids on our football team would absolutely go through a fire for that kid. And I run into those guys around town all the time and they're going like, coach, Daniel Jones was awesome. He's the man. He was our, he was the guy that fueled us. Now he didn't stand up in front of everybody and wave a banner and a pom pom all the time. But you know, when he hit the practice field, it was all business and and he was one of those kind of guys that would would rally the kids around him. And I talked to some of the Duke players when I was up at a pro day mm -hmm. and they said the same thing. They said, you know, we love Daniel Jones. So, I mean, he, he's as great off the field as he is on. Well, I, I think uh, I think a little bit of his story certainly speaks to that coach kind of ending up at, at Duke uh, after a kind of a quiet recruitment. And then, you know, going from a, a walk on to becoming a two-time captain and, and the starting quarterback uh, at Duke, it takes an ability to endear yourself to that team to, uh, to be able to jump in and become that kind of leader and that kind of uh, face of the program, if you will. Am I right? Yeah, and, it, and it wasn't too much different at Latin. Um, when he was a sophomore and we started camp, he was not slated to be the number one quarterback. He was 5'11", 
145 pounds. 6'5 now. Yeah, yeah I, I used to tease him. He had to run around the shower to get wet. He was so skinny. <laughs> and uh, uh, did no fall of his own. And within the second game of the season, he ends up being our starter. And we weren't great, but we were okay. But in about the sixth game of the year, we went over and played Charlotte Christian, who's one of our biggest rivals. They had a kid by the name of Jeff Blazevich who went on to Georgia to start uh, as a tight end for them yes. over there. And I, he might be in the NFL still. I, I think he had a shot. Sure. And Jeff was a defensive end, and he got a clean run at Daniel Jones at 5'11", 145. And he launched him about five feet in the air, and he landed in a heap. He finally struggled over the sideline, and his helmet sideways. He's looking <laughs> through his ear hole. The face mask is busted. And I, I'm fearful he can't even play. I, I thought he was done for the night. I said, Daniel, are you are you all right, dude? He goes, Coach, get me a damn helmet and get me back out there. And he missed one play. And I, I turned to one of my assistant coaches and I said, Dude, we got something here. This yeah. kid's got this kid's got it. And he's hard as nails. And uh, uh, that kind of personality just makes other people want to play for you and with you. You know, Coach, you talk about his toughness and his courage in terms of being able to get back from that situation. What is he like in critical moments um, when the game is on the line and you have to hand the ball and say, Dan, you go make a play. How did he respond in those situations? Well, I, we never had a lot of problem with him in any regard uh, in tough situations. We He played in quite a few big games for us and really some of his best performances were in the big games. And I, I know in one instance we were playing in a state semifinal and the team did a really good job of defending our passing game and we just say hey let's go the zone run now he rushed for like 160 yards and just decided he was going to take over running the ball he's uh, a much more adequate runner than people give him credit for you know he's not super quick feet yeah but he once he gets rolling he's pretty good so to answer your question uh he always responded well for us in pressure and i know he played on the basketball team and every night they put him on the other team's best player because he was such a tenacious guy down the stretch, and uh, he usually shut him down. How would you describe his development, Coach, from the moment you got your hands on him until the the time you shipped him off to Coach Cutcliffe? Well, that's that's really an interesting story because, uh, as I told you, he he physically – was not uh, a candidate for college football until right. very late in his high school career. I mean, he even as a, a junior, he was like six foot two, 170 pounds, and he just kept growing and growing and developing. What I will tell you is that he was always the first guy out on the practice facility. He never left the field unless he accomplished everything that he set out to do. In uh, all my years of coaching and all the quarterbacks that I had, uh, I don't think anybody spent any more time studying the game plan and preparing himself mentally. He never missed our daily get-together to talk game plan and talk offense in three years. Not once. I could just set my watch by him coming through my door. So it was awesome to see this 5'11", 145-pounder become a – six foot four hundred and eighty five pounder when he went off to coach Cutcliffe and of course you you guys probably know that story he almost didn't make it right to Duke I mean he was he was going to the Ivies to Princeton and right. that's a whole that's a whole nother story because he broke uh he, he broke his wrist playing basketball as a junior and had a cast on it the entire spring and I was actually fearful he wasn't going to make it back for football season oh. so he missed he missed every showcase every combine every you know, he never got to go to any camps or anything until the middle of July. 
got his cast off, took a tour of the Ivies like a week later, dazzled them, came back, and, and I made one more phone call to Coach Cutcliffe. I said, Coach, you, you've got to take one more look at this kid's highlight film. And, and he did, and he called me back said, I want him, but we don't have a scholarship for him. I said, Daniel said, I don't care. I'll go to Duke. I want to, I want to be with Coach Cutcliffe. And uh, he went up there as a gray shirt, and boom, you know, within like two weeks, he had a scholarship, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. You know, Coach, some of the traits that you bring up when talking about Daniel, um, his business-like attitude, the fact that he's the first one in, the last one out, that normally serves most quarterbacks well. What else is it about Daniel that is going to allow him to be a very, very successful quarterback in the pros? Well, I think there's a couple personal traits that I would rely on right off the bat. Um, his his mom and dad have done a wonderful job of raising him. He's as good a kid off the field as he is on. And he comes from a great athletic family. They have taught him skills such as discipline, uh, motivation. Uh, he's the kind of guy that no team, whoever, wherever he ends up going, is going to have to spend one minute ever worrying about his character. I don't think the kid's ever been in trouble in his life. <laughs> um, he is a student of the game. Um, uh, he, he's a hard working guy in the weight room. Um, and I know coach Cutcliffe and I have talked several times about the fact that he just, if he has a problem with something on the field, he just stays out there and just works on it and works on it until he gets it the way he wants it. So his, his work ethic and his discipline and, and, and his lifestyle uh, are all going to be very positive traits for him. You know, and, and that's the two traits that I heard when I, I talked to a guy who's been training him uh, as he gets gets ready for the NFL. And David Morris uh, from QB Country uh, kind of said the two things that strike him about Daniel are, are prepared and pro, the two things he would use to describe him, which which sounds almost exactly like what you're saying your experience was with him there in high school. Um, so I think that's that's a really interesting evaluation. I, I'd also be curious because, you know, a lot of times in the NFL, we'll see quarterbacks with all the physical traits and the ability to pick everything up and make the throws. And then when things get messy, sometimes things fall apart uh, when they are stuck in a hostile environment and dodging guys left and right. Uh, you know, things start to come unwound a little bit. How would you feel like he operates in that environment? Well, I think for us, um, he did a great job managing yeah. that. And of course, when he was young in his career, uh, as I said, we weren't amazingly successful yeah. and he, he got knocked on his fanny so many times. It was unbelievable. I'm like, dude, just get up and keep playing. And I didn't have to tell him that because he would hit the ground and pop right back up and keep playing. And he just kept improving and getting through that. And he was great for us on third down. And, yeah. and again, his, his ability to run, which he showed Tuesday at his pro day, was very valuable for him. And, and I think if you – and I'm sure people have analyzed this. You go back and look at what happened with him up at Duke – I mean, uh, his receivers dropped 38 balls, I believe. I saw somewhere last year. The the running back got hurt. The offensive line was questionable at best. I think in his junior year, he got hit more than any quarterback in college football. So uh, he he knows how to yeah. Deal and he with had adversity. to run for 200 yards he's, in a game yeah. too. Yeah, he, he he's been there, and he's got he's gotten physically knocked on his fanny. I don't know how many times. And man, he just bounces up and keeps on rolling. You know, Coach, that resiliency is something that everyone is always looking for in a franchise quarterback. You 
briefly spoke about it right then. Um, do you believe he is kind of wired the right way where if he does get in and has to play early and if it doesn't go his way, that he has enough about him to figure it out and then bounce back in maybe years two and three as a starting quarterback for a team that was struggling? Uh, I, I would say yes. I think that's true. It, it's my hope that he ends up somewhere where he can be mentored by an experienced NFL quarterback for a year or two and kind of get that NFL experience uh, under him before he's asked to be the, the, the face of a franchise. You know, I, I think it's very difficult for a college quarterback to come out of the college ranks and step into a starting uh, NFL role as a quarterback and be able to function. So, you know, if it happens to him, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll go to work and he'll do what he has to do. And, you know, he'll get knocked down. He'll get back up. But I, I'm hoping he ends up somewhere where he can kind of get moved along the process sure. and learn. And uh, uh, the guys get to know him. You know, he's not going to be the guy that's going to walk in the room in the first 10 seconds. Everybody's going, hey, swag, how you doing? It's going to take them It's going to take a little bit of uh, time to kind of get a feel for Daniel and learn him and him get – comfortable in that environment but when he does they'll go through fire for this guy coach mcnulty what a pleasure having you here thank you so much for your insight on one of your prize pupils in daniel jones we sure do appreciate well, it. well I, I i certainly appreciate it and uh i, I wish daniel all the best I, I love the kid he's awesome and uh, everybody at our school and everybody that knows him we're, we're pulling for him wherever he lands he'll he'll do the program proud rock and roll thanks coach you know, DJ, what was so great about talking to Coach was uh, finding out things that you would never expect to hear about Daniel Jones. The fact that he was called swag and that he had so much confidence and how he exuded that confidence that his teammates picked up, picked up from it and it gave them confidence. Um, a lot of what we look for in quarterbacks are the intangibles, the, the qualities that aren't seen necessarily on the field, but you feel them. I think in talking to his coach, Daniel Jones has a bigger presence than maybe we get when we just kind of look at him from the outside in. Yeah, that's why you got to get inside on the inside there and, uh, and try and discover and learn more about these players. Great insight there from his high school coach. All right, from high school coach to college coach, his coach there at Duke, legendary David Cutcliffe, who's been around the Mannings and his reputation as strong as any coach in college football. Unfortunately, had a chance to sit down with Coach Cutcliffe at the Duke Pro Day. All right, Coach. Well, first of all, thank you so much for, for opening up the doors for us here today and giving us some hospitality for this uh, Daniel Jones workout. But uh, first question, I want to go back to, to when you first saw Daniel Jones as a high schooler and what were your impressions? Well, there were two times, two different times. One was in Camp Young coming out of the 10th grade, and I thought he looked like a basketball player. Uh, his high school coach who's here today called me as he was about – a little past midway through his season, he said, you know, I think my quarterback's better than where he's being recruited. Do you mind looking at him? And I looked at him, and I called Larry right back. And I said, do not call anyone else. <laughs> uh, he had gone from basketball player to football player, and he, he did a lot of things naturally well. Um, but I, I knew that he had a shot at being special, and boy, was I right. Obviously, your history with, with Peyton and Eli and, and the quarterbacks you've been around, what is it you're looking for in a quarterback? Well, it all starts with accuracy. Um, and then, then you're, you're going to train a quarterback from the neck up and then the neck down. And this part of it, this mechanical part of it, takes a lot of athleticism because you can't think. You just have to do 
And as I watched him as a redshirt freshman, he had the accuracy. And regardless of when he was going against our starting defense, his ability to manage his body, to think, to play, to adjust, and stay accurate, that's what I always look for. And then, you know, obviously you're always looking for a great person, and he's that. Everything intangible-wise, just talking to everybody around the program today, seems to be off the charts. Uh, work ethic, intelligence, uh, being a great teammate. One of the things I found interesting is I, I know he came in here technically as a walk-on. He got a scholarship before he even uh, got on the practice field. Um, but they say he, he'll, he'll take the walk-on kids under his wing here. He, he does. Um, he embraces every teammate. Uh, it was interesting, you know, the story that two of our walk-on players designed the uh, yeah, device, the protective. the protective device for his clavicle allowed him to come back earlier. How appropriate is that? But Daniel Jones is a really nice young man, and he's got this, you know, this youthful look. And I think some people probably misread that as to being a guy that's not a fierce competitor and not tough. Don't challenge him. He is physically and mentally tough. Well, Buck, when you get the uh, the stamp of approval uh, from Coach Cutcliffe or Coach Cut, as everybody likes to call him, it's not going to hurt you with NFL teams because when it comes to reputation, I said a little bit earlier, uh, none better than David Cutcliffe. No, none better. Great coach, great mentor, great quarterback developer. Uh, the things that he's done with all of the quarterbacks that he has encountered um, has been remarkable. He's had a ton of guys go from Duke and have their shots in the National Football League. Daniel Jones will be his highest profile uh, prospect. But in Daniel Jones, I think he was able to recognize a guy that came on as a walk-on and worked his way into being the starter and then being a two-time captain. David Cutcliffe deserves a lot of credit for unearthing uh, a diamond in the rough in, da in Daniel Jones. All right, Buck, great, great again to uh, catch up with Coach Cutcliffe. There's another person in Daniel Jones' football life, though, that we need to talk to, and that's a former disciple of Coach Cutcliffe. Uh, that is QB Country's David Morris. He has been kind of the private quarterback coach for Daniel Jones for quite some time. Had a chance to catch up with him. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, DJ. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to catch up with you. I want to... Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Daniel Jones. I know you've got a chance to visit with Rhett on the show uh, before, but just to, uh, to update where everything is with Daniel, for those that didn't hear the first conversation, when was the first time that, that you met Daniel Jones and, and when did you start working with him? So his dad, Steve, called me, I think when Daniel was a sophomore, uh, 10th grade at, at Charlotte Latin, and um, and they they came down and and really ever since then probably saw him you know three four times a year and uh lots of the time even in high school uh daniel would would, would come by himself you know literally uh get get a, a cab or a uber to the to the facility and uh train and 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 head back out you know one of those one of those things that stood out early was uh, just how much football meant to him and, and how, you know, far he would go to, uh, to work hard and um, not much has changed. So, As somebody who's been on the player side of things and then now on the coaching side of things, I think we, we throw out the word coachable a lot. And I think most people assume that every kid is coachable, right? Not the case, as I'm sure you've learned over the years. How would you describe Daniel in terms of taking the uh, the instruction you've been handing out to him over the years? Uh, he's he's been great. Um, 
you know, we've built a relationship that, uh, you know, he knows I'm going to coach him hard, tell him the truth. Uh, and I know that he's going to uh, give me his best and, um, and also, you know, you know kind of uh, speak up when he doesn't understand something or uh, when he's not quite, um, you know, following what, 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 we're, what we're covering. I think so much of the coaching and teaching aspect is, uh, is the communication side of things and, and the ability to make sure um, the kid knows why we're, we're going over certain things. But Daniel Jones is, a, is an absolute student uh, of the game. Um, he loves the learning process. He loves uh, uh, the working process. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a you know, gym rat, a football junkie. All that stuff absolutely applies to him. But, um, you know, I think he's grown every year, and, and it's one of those things that uh, uh, he, he's completely bought in. And uh, I think, you know, with his time at, at Duke as well, I think if you go back and you talk to Coach Cut or Rope, um, those uh, those guys would tell you that uh, he, he's a great listener and he's a student. Anybody that's been around Coach Cutcliffe as you have, uh, playing for him and just having a long-term relationship with him and knowing him forever, they say when you're around Coach Cutcliffe, it's like getting a master's class in, in quarterback play. Uh, for those that aren't as familiar, obviously the background there with the Mannings, but what is it about Coach Cutcliffe that makes it such an advantage uh, for somebody who have gone through a period of time, three, four years of playing for him? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I told Rhett, one of the first things that comes to mind is, uh, is preparation. I mean, he's going he's gonna to be uh, uh, prepared. Daniel's a guy that's, um, that's been through a lot as a quarterback. I think that um, one of the things that Coach Cut and, and Roper, uh, what they do is, is they, they challenge the quarterback to know everything, um, including you know, defensive fronts and contours of defenses. And so I think uh, the pre-snap process, the post-snap process, is, is something that is um, ingrained in you. And if you don't get it or understand it, then you won't play. And, and that's one of the things that, um, that, that Coach Cut does. The other thing, I would just say that he, um, you know, it, it, when I got coached by Coach Cut, it was one of those things where there's, there was a number of moments where the light went off, like, whoa, you know, I'd never heard that before, <laughs> or I'd never, you know, yeah. never knew that. And, and so I feel like, uh, from a teaching aspect, um, there, there's so many um, things that that uh, that you learn that that you had never quite heard before, and I think down the road, sooner or later, you know the, these things are going to help you, and they're also going to come up often. But I mean, you know, he's he's used to looking at fronts and, and ID and Mike and changing protections and um, getting out of bad plays. So I think that's the main thing. Is um, Coach Cut expects a lot of his quarterbacks and puts a lot on their plate. And so I think that Daniel is, uh, is used to that environment. Are there any, uh, are there any coach cut phrases that, that you recall uh, playing for him that Daniel could maybe repeat back to you? I've heard the same thing. I have some of my favorite quarterback uh, uh, coaches that I've, that I've had over the years. I can remember uh, coach saying, you got to be able to sit on the front of the porch and see around the whole house. Uh, that was one of my favorites. We had, uh, yeah. they take it all away. You can always get it to A, uh, be aware of your <laughs> check down. Uh, can't go broke yeah. taking a profit. I'm sure, surely Coach yeah. Cut has some kind of a saying you guys have in common there. I mean, there's so many. Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> one, one of the things from a, from a practice standpoint is, uh, you know, he'll always say, 
uh, you know, treat the ground like a hot stove. You know, you're never on it long. Hopefully, from a quarterback standpoint, uh, you know, that's it's something that that, uh, that should apply. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that um, uh, the other thing that comes to mind is just that, you know, getting the ball out fast. It's not like that's a, um, some catchphrase, but, you, you know, you study yeah. the careers of, of Peyton and Eli, and the reason they were able to play so long is because they didn't take, you know, you know crazy hits. There's a clock in your head. And um, you know you know it, and and you know that if you're if you're you've hitched twice, then either you're about to get hit or it's too late uh, or something bad, <laughs> something bad's about to happen. So yeah, I mean that's one of them. Um, you know, and just just the ability to um, to to understand, you know, you know again the, the 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 defensive front is. So what we were always taught, and what Coach Cut teaches now is. You initially, you, you look at the contour, you know, from safeties, and you kind of get a good pre-snap. You go to the front. Is it over, under? Is it an odd? Is it a bear? Uh, and then, you know, and then we go back to the safeties, right? So, I mean, there's just a lot of pre-snap mm-hmm. stuff there. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a couple of dozen phrases that we could throw out there <laughs> that, uh, that I think Coach Cut is uh, uh, famous for. I, lo- I love those. See, we, even in saying that, another one came to me. We had a, a coach who used to say the safeties are the window into the soul of the defense. Uh, yeah. All these things. I mean, it's been 20 years since we've heard these things, and they all just are stuck in there somewhere, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- you know, touchdown, first down, check down. I mean, you check can go down. on all There you that. go. That's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could geek out with you on all the quarterback stuff all day long. Uh, let's get back to Daniel. Personality-wise, uh, how would you describe him? You know him extremely well. How would you describe his personality? Uh, very confident, uh, very comfortable in his own shoes. Um, he's a guy that um, he knows he knows when to speak up. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, he's a great listener. Um, he has uh, the ability. He, he wins his teammates early. Uh, his teammates love him. Mm-hmm. They respect him. Uh, I would say he is very aggressive. But um, but he handles it in a manner that is very controlled. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of freak out from him. You're going to see a lot of um, uh, kind of uh, calm demeanor. I think that uh, that is you know I think at this position is very important. Uh, same token, I mean he's the he's one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. Uh, he's a fighter. Um, you know again it's one of those things that. Um, you know, he knows when to speak up and, and he, you know, he's a verbal guy. It's one of those things though, that I think, um, his way of doing things is, is he, he wants to earn the respect of, uh, of his teammates of that locker room before he starts running his mouth. And I think, you know, in the league that, that that's going to be something that's really going to help him. Um, but yeah, I mean, just from a personality standpoint, he has it, uh, you know, he's a two-year captain and, you know, former walk-on, or, you know, then he's a three-year starter, two, two-year captain, starts as a redshirt freshman. Um, he's fought his way to where he is now, and, and, um, and I think it's one of those things where he's not, he's not trying to do it somebody else's way. He's very confident in the way that he leads. I want to be trying and word this carefully because the, I, I want to respect Eli Manning and what he's accomplished um, two-time Super Bowl winner has played at an elite level, um, but when you've been around Daniel and seen what he can do, can he get? And he's not there now. Can he get to the level that Eli Manning has been able to play at? Does he have that ability in him to get to that high of a level? Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, there's there's so much that happens there. I, I think 
Um, <clears throat> I think that the first thing uh, that comes to mind for me with Eli, who uh, was a close friend of mine and a guy that um, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time around, and, um, you know, he loves football, right? Uh, Daniel Jones loves football. Um, th- those two guys would play football uh, as long as they could walk, right? And, and their motivation is, is pure. Um, they're going to be the guys that, um, that, that will go longer than you. Uh, they're going to be the guys. Daniel, Daniel's a guy that will go harder than you. Um, and I think that you start thinking about those intangibles, there's a reason um, why those type people make it and have a lot of success. And, and Daniel has that. Um, you know, he wants to be great. Uh, he wants to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Uh, he knows what it takes, you know, what it's going to take to get there. But, I mean, I think from a standpoint of, um, you know, what the future looks like, uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys who just won't be denied, you know. And so how it's all going to shake out, you know, I don't know. It's going to be fun to see. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's relentless in his pursuit of, of what he wants. There's no question about it. All right, uh, last question. I'll let you run. I appreciate you giving us some time here today. Um, but but your last piece of advice, I know you'll continue the relationship with Daniel going forward, but uh, once it's announced, he's picked, he knows where he, he's going, uh, he calls you to, 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 to check in with you. What's your last piece of advice before he begins his NFL journey? Yeah, just enjoy it. Be yourself. Um, do what you, you know, do what got you here. You know, work, work your behind off. Uh, don't don't hesitate. Uh, there's going to be mistakes along the way, um, but you, you know you, you're you're made for this stuff. And uh, I can't tell you the last three months I've had with him. Um, I mean, I loved the kid before then. I, you know, kind of mm-hmm. seen him grow up. But but to be around him every day from you know 7:30 a.m. to 5:30 p.m. and and him say you know can we keep going you know every day. Um, there, there's a level of, uh, of commitment there that th- there's a reason he is where he is. And so just, just go be Daniel Jones and, um, you know, and don't, don't change anything other than, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you'll have to start bringing lunches out in the cafeteria to people, but hey, he's used to doing that anyway. <laughs> Uh, no doubt. Hey, thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy. you got a lot going on. Uh, it's great to catch up with you and look forward to doing it again real soon. Hey, DJ, I appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, Buck, it's always helpful when you get these guys that spend a lot of time around these prospects and training them and getting them ready. Uh, a lot of insight there from, uh, from David Morris. Yeah, a lot of insight. And I'm not surprised. Look, David Morris knows quarterback play. He obviously played behind. Eli Manning was uh, reared under David Cutcliffe, so he's been able to share those nuggets, and so their relationship is a special one. It's one that has helped Daniel Jones grow into one of the top prospects at his position, one that we are both excited to see as he makes his way into the National Football League. All right, Buck, great to hear from everybody else around Daniel Jones, but we both had an opportunity to talk to Daniel Jones himself during this draft process. You chatted with him at at the Combine. I had a chance to sit down with him at his pro date there in Durham a couple weeks ago. Let's take a listen to those chats. So you have a unique background because you have guys that have really developed other guys, David Cutcliffe, then your quarterback coach, David Morris, and all those guys. What have you been able to learn from them along the way to really kind of help you get ready for the next level? 
I think there's a lot of things. Um, going back to Duke, uh, you know, Coach Cut and Coach Roper, I think I'm, uh, you know, prepared from a processing, processing standpoint and, and kind of an understanding of, of playing the position in the game. Um, and hopefully that's prepared me. You know, I understand that the NFL is the next step. It's a, it's a um, you know, even more that, that way. But um, I think I'm, I'm ready for it, and, and that's, been, that's been good for me. But, you know, I think the, the common theme with all those guys is just how serious they take practice being on the practice field you know I think with coach cut it always starts on the practice field uh, developing practice habits and, and that's something that uh, you know David has you know carried into his coaching and, and something that he takes very seriously so um, I think I'll, I'll definitely carry that with me for the rest of my career so so coming from your background you got like admittedly you weren't a, a big time or a five-star recruit you kind of earned your way and worked your way up at and Duke and put yourself in a position to be here now what has going the long way, the hard way, taught you to kind of get you ready to be a franchise quarterback? Um, you know, I think even back to when I was a little guy, when I was, uh, you know, Pop Warner in middle school, I was always a younger guy. I was always a, a smaller guy. Um, physically, now I'm, um, you know, in a, in a position physically to, to play, but I wasn't always that way. So I think just kind of um, growing up like that, competing like that, taught me a lot about, um, you know, toughness first and foremost um, you know being competitive and just kind of just kind of fighting I think I've always had to fight so um, you know hopefully now that that physically my I'm caught up and physically I feel like I'm in a, a good place um, to take this step you know I think those things kind of that fight that competitive nature um, you know are really what gonna what are gonna make me successful in the NFL unlike some quarterbacks you played a bunch of sports in high school three sports stand out how did playing other sports kind of round out your game and made you a better player overall? Um, I mean, I think it's just the will to compete. You know, every season you're competing again um, and you're competing in a different way, but it's at the end of the day, it's, it's competition. I think that's the main thing and all that. But, you know, I think there's certain skills and certain, uh, you know, movement patterns in all sports that you, um, you know, that you learn and you develop over time and, and those carry, carry over for sure uh, back and forth. So leadership is such a big part of the quarterback position. Um, having been a guy that has led a team like Duke, um, how do you feel like you've refined your skills? And are you comfortable at this stage of your career thinking you can step into an NFL locker room and eventually be a leader of a team? I'm very, uh, I'm very comfortable with that. I think, um, to me, leadership's always been about building relationships, um, you know, making sure you understand the people you're with and they understand you and giving them a chance to do that. So. You know, I, I you know I came into Duke as a walk-on, um, and you know I redshirted that year. I started the next year, and then I was a two-year captain after that. So you know, I, I feel comfortable earning respect of teammates, and, and through that process, I think um, it's something I've always done well, and something I think I'll do well in the NFL. Naturally, most players always have someone that they look up to in the NFL that maybe they emulate or pattern their game after. Who are some of those NFL quarterbacks that you look up to and that you kind of use as your role models when it comes to playing the game? Uh, well, growing up in Charlotte, Jake Delone was the guy. So, so I really, really love watching Jake and those Panthers, uh, those Panthers play. And, and um, so, you know him. But, but Peyton Manning too was, was like that for me. And, and looking up to him, uh, watching him, kind of just the way he plays the game, just you know his approach to the game, his his ability to to process. And, and you know, I think that's really playing the position. I think that's uh, what it's all about. And, and I mean, I think he's kind of the model that way. So now that the combine is done. You have your pro day and a couple of few, uh, private workouts to look forward to. What are some of the things that you want to continue to work on to kind of show scouts and evaluators that you're really ready to be at the next level? Um, you know, I think um, 
I'll continue to work mechanically to stay compact. I think I've improved there working with David and, and um, you know, Coach Cut with that. So, so that's something I'll, I'll definitely do. But, um, you know, now going back uh, to Duke here, I'll, I'll be back in Mobile next week, and then I'll be back at Duke. We'll, we'll work on a pro day script, and kind of getting back with those guys will be a lot of fun. Um, you know, TJ, uh, Jonathan Lloyd, Daniel Helm, Davis Copenhaver, all those guys uh, coming out uh, this class will, will be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to getting back there and just kind of building that chemistry back. Well, one thing we're looking forward to is watching you continue to grow, uh, not only as a player but as a person. Thanks so much for joining the Mood to Six podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bucky. <laughs> Well, I feel like we've got a lot in common. Our initials are DJ. We were 17. We both played our college football in the state of North Carolina, and that's where it ends. <laughs> okay. Uh, big day for you today at, at the Pro Day. How would you feel it went? Uh, I thought it went well. Um, you know, I think we came out here and, and did what we wanted to do. Um, you know, I wanted to get that 40 in, so uh, glad that went glad that went better. And then from a you know throwing standpoint, we wanted to be aggressive and and do what we'd worked on these past couple months, do what I had you know done with these guys since since we stepped on campus. So, you know, I thought we did that. We wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to show a lot of different things. And you know, overall, I thought I thought we did a pretty good job. I did a nice job. And to me, the drive throws. Uh, I thought you guys really made a point of that, even on some of those corners, flat balls, drive throws, and uh, get a chance to show off your arm strength a little bit. I want to go back to, to the beginning here as you're going through the college process. Uh, you commit to Princeton, and then at the end, Duke comes along, and it's going to be a situation where maybe you have to, to walk on initially, but the scholarship comes along uh, soon thereafter. But why the decision to come to this place? Uh, I think there's a number of things. One being in Charlotte, I was close. Um, so just two hours away, it made sense. It was far enough from, uh, you know, far enough from home, but but close to. And, and um, so that was a big thing. And, and uh, you know, Coach Cut was obviously a, a big factor in that. His... Uh, reputation coaching quarterbacks, developing quarterbacks was something that was, um, you know, an opportunity. I, I saw it as an opportunity and, and also academically. I mean, I wanted to go to a, a, a good school. So, um, you know, in, in those ways, I think it was kind of a perfect fit for me. Obviously, with, with Coach Cutcliffe and his history with the Manning family, I know you've got a chance to, to, know, uh, to know Peyton and Eli and Eli especially. Uh, what have you taken from them? What advice have they given you as you're going through this process? Um, yeah, you know, I've been I've been lucky to have those relationships, and and you know, obviously, Coach Cut and and his help and forming those relationships has been been awesome and a, and a huge part of, you know, my my Duke experience. I think, um, you know, I, you know, talking to Peyton a little bit through this process, um, you know, when I was making the decision, he he said, um, you know, I remember he said, whatever you decide to do, whatever decision you make, people are gonna, um, you know, say good things or say bad things, and it's up to you to prove you know, those people right or wrong, uh, kind of, you know, you're in charge of your, your story. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, uh, writing the story. So I thought that was, um, you know, a good way to look at it and, and coming from a guy like that, you're going to certainly listen to it. What, what are the giant, when you're talking with the giants, knowing your relationship with Eli, how does that go when you're sitting there yeah. talking about maybe you potentially coming in there to, to sit behind Eli for a little bit and eventually take over for him? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know those guys and, and that's been awesome, but, you know, with with a guy like Eli Manning and someone who's, um, you know, one of the great quarterbacks of certainly, you know, when I was a kid watching football and he was the guy to watch and, you know, to to have that opportunity if I did to, you know, learn from him and watch him in, on a uh, day in and day out basis and, and kind of study him would be a would be an awesome opportunity. You know, I've been lucky to do that um, a couple times here when he's come down and, and, you know, I've gotten a lot from that. So, you know, to do that every day would be um, 
you know, an awesome opportunity. I want to try and get you to show people a little bit more your, your personality as well, because <laughs> you're, you're quiet and you're reserved. And even Coach Cut had even said, don't fool that. Don't fool yourself. This kid's ultra competitive. Um, I want to go back to the Notre Dame game. I guess it was 2016, because mm -hmm. talking to coaches around campus today, they kind of said that was your coming out party. You, you go down there in South Bend in, in that environment. Is there anything that sticks out to you about that performance that you had down there? Uh, yeah, you know, a number of things. That was, um, you know, my redshirt freshman year. I believe it was my, uh, you know, third or fourth start. Um, as a team, um, you know, obviously going into South Bend, the tradition of Notre Dame, and, and uh, you know, we, we were excited, but, you know, knew we were the underdog for sure. So being a, a freshman quarterback in that situation was, um, to me, I think an incredible learning experience. I think, um, you know, throughout the game we battled, and then we had a drive, now seven minutes to go. Um, to take the lead there, and, and uh, you know, as, as a freshman quarterback, I had to step into the huddle and, and make sure that all, uh, you know, those other ten guys trusted what I was saying, and, and they did, and, and uh, we went down, score, we, we won the game, and that was, um, you know, to me, uh, uh, probably a defining moment in my career, and, and just uh, proving to those ten guys, proving to uh, myself, the whole staff, that I was a guy they could trust and, and um, count on in those situations, and I, you know, I certainly have the confidence I am. All right, last question for you, then I'll let you run. I know you, you've got a hoop background. Your family's got a hoop background. A big win for Duke the other day uh, right. over UCF. But my question is, have you have you shot around with Zion a little bit? Have you played uh, any pickup ball with him since he's been on campus? I, I haven't yet. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to, but I don't, I don't know. It might turn into a, to a dunk contest. But <laughs> I, I, no, it'd be... Uh, That'd be awesome. Uh, He'd make that. a pretty good-looking tight end out here, uh, don't you think? No doubt. He could do whatever he could do whatever he wanted to, <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, it's been fun to watch those guys. Wish them the best um, as they finish up. All right. Hey, great job today. Appreciate you taking some time for yeah. us. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate right. it. Hi, Buck. I think you can see the personality start to come out a little bit with Daniel Jones. He definitely is business-like, business-oriented. Uh, but you see the little glimpses there. That personality pop through. Oh, it does. It does pop through. I mean, I think sometimes you can't. Uh, judge a book by his cover. Uh, I think he's far more competitive. I think he has a little more presence than we were initially led to believe. I think he comes out as he gets more comfortable. And the more that we've interacted with him, the more we begin to see the natural Daniel Jones come out. And so I think his teammates will eventually gravitate towards him. It's just a matter of him being in that locker room day after day after day. All right, if I, if I was going to say two teams of where he could end up, and we're going to just give two landing spots, uh, I would say the Giants, I would say 17. I know they have those pick six and pick 17. I think pick 17 will make some sense. They go defensive lineman at six and a little bit of a roll the dice, hoping that they would get Daniel Jones there at 17. I think that could be a landing spot for him. If he does not go to the Giants, they could, hey, they could punt on the quarterback situation and roll with Eli Manning for another year. Uh, that's been a theory that's out there. If they don't go quarterback, I don't see him going to the Redskins. I do see potentially the Los Angeles Chargers would be the next one I would keep an eye on there uh, at the bottom of the first round as a landing spot. It's funny that you said that because before you were writing it, I wrote down Chargers at 28. Part of the reason why mm -hmm. I believe the Chargers at 28, um, I think the temperament of the offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt, is perfect for him. I think the temperament of the starting quarterback, Phillip Rivers, is perfect for him. I think he will, will thrive in those environments. Same can be said for uh, Daniel going to New York with Eli and playing under Shermer, those things would work. I would worry a little bit about Pittsburgh 
just because of the Big Ben situation and all the chaos that is kind of taking place in that locker room. I would like to make sure that he goes to a place that is solid, that is stable, that allows him to grow. Because I do believe he can grow into a solid quarterback. Um, those two situations right there, to me, are perfect situations for him to kind of flourish as a developmental player. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what happens, where he lands in the draft, and to follow his career moving forward. This has been a, a fun episode here, a deeper dive, our 360 series on Daniel Jones. Be on the lookout if you haven't caught our other 360 episodes. A couple Buckeyes with Dwayne Haskins and Nick Bosa. Those are out there. More to come with the Clemson defensive line finishing up with Kyler Murray, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Uh, you can download the podcast, nfl.com slash podcast or your favorite podcast app. And be on the lookout for all of our Move to Six video content, nfl.com slash video or on youtube.com slash NFL. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll see you next time. Inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max Powertrain Unlimited and Platinum Trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code Gabby2024 for 20% off your first order.